Welcome to No Two Gays About It, the podcast that gives voice to the over 50 gay male. And today it's all about communicating. Hello, I'm Tom Burke. And I'm Michael Foley. And not only are we going to be talking about communicating, but we're also going to be throwing a little little shade during our segment called The Savage Side-Eye. This is when Michael and I give the side-eye to something or someone who's really working our last nerve this week. So, Mr. Foley, what's up with you? How are you doing? I'm doing good, but I'm a little in a quandary about our fucking weather. Why was it winter last night? It was 102 two days ago, and last night it was like 54. What the hell? I don't know. I packed away all winter stuff and blankets. (laughs) And had to go through the closet last night to get a banky. Wow. Yeah. Well, now you know. Do I though? No, that's the thing. We never know. <laughs> so don't pack those things away. Keep them the around. The Lord knows there's no global warming because, you know, the temperature has always been this schizophrenic through my lifetime. Well, there you go. So right. have you. So there. Well, that's a whole nother story. Sure. What's happening with you? Uh, Well... I had a friend visiting, a friend of mine from New York, who I met a gazillion years ago, was out here for a queer writing workshop. Um, It was for people who are part of the LGBTQ uh, plus community, uh, this writing, professional writers, and she is a playwright. So when she was done with that, then she came and stayed with me and we did the whole Palm Springs tourist stuff, which was a lot of fun. Um, nice. So that was great. Yeah. Was it her but, first time here? Uh, yes, it was her first wow, time here. cool. But I do want to just quickly mention how I know this woman, because it's kind of funny. We met, like I said, a long time ago, but it actually was 1984, President Reagan's second inauguration. During that period, they hired a bunch of us to sing and dance behind the president and his wife wherever they went for an entire week. And she and I were two of those people. And we have been friends ever since then. How were you secretly giving them the finger as you were singing and dancing? I was a child um, and no. had no clue what was going on. Were you politically? <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, yep. All right. And that's the story. All right. All right, so let's start talking about communicating and how this came up. Michael and I met for coffee this week, as we always do. We talk about the show. We talk about life. I press him on his personal life because I want to live vicariously through him and was like, okay, are you dating? Who are you seeing? And then can I just say you give me eye rolls when I tell you certain things? Uh, that's how I communicate. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know something's up. Um, You know how I love to get you to do that too. Yeah, of course. So, yes. So I'm not, I'm going to speak for you at the moment, but Michael said that he had been dating someone and then they broke up because there just was an issue with communicating. So that's how this whole subject came up. And I started really, as I always do, researching, communicating, and Michael and I were talking about it. And really comes down to, you would think, by the time you are our age, which is old, very old, decrepit, bitter gay men, 
that by this time of our lives that we would be adept at communicating, that we would all know how to maturely communicate. But apparently not the case, is it? No, it's not. And um, yeah, it's definitely not a destination that you ever arrive at. I think it's a journey throughout one's life um, on how to communicate and how to communicate better because we're all different. Well, that's the thing. And everybody communicates differently. However, every subset of human has a shortcut. Like you and I, gay men of this age, we have a shortcut. We can kind of say different things people get. Every different age group has a shortcut because they have different ways of speaking, uh, different ethnicities, different, uh, I don't know, the friend groups all have like their inside jokes, their way of kind of just communicating with each other. My husband and I, people who have been together for a long time, have this shortcut in speaking. But just because you have a specific shortcut, it doesn't mean that you are adept at maturely communicating. Right. And I mean, you know, we even have, um, like, if you and I are looking at a picture of a painting, right, and we right. see two people on a hill picnicking, um, you may see people and how they're dressed. I would look at what they're eating just because <laughs> I'm a fat girl, um, you know, and it doesn't make either of us wrong. It just has, it, we process things differently and communicate differently. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. It's all about our perspective. And you're yeah. right. I would be not only looking at what they're wearing, I would be judging what they were oh, wearing. Without, I thought that However, was what I'd say. I'm not judging you for seeing the food because but, again, it's a different perspective. And therein lies the key to good communication, is to be able to express what it is you're feeling while also taking in what the other person feels. Wow, look how astute that was. Smell me. <laughs> However, communicating is not just verbal or written. There are also visual um, and nonverbal communication uh tools that we have, you know, in, in our body language, in the way our facial expressions, when, you know, my eye rolls, mm -hmm. that is a form of communicating. And we have to be aware of that in other people. And I think a lot of people are not. Yeah. And, you know, because the side eye is my way of life. Um, I've actually had people say to me in situations, Michael, we can see your face. <laughs> And I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I sometimes forget what, how expressive my face can be right. in moments of judgment and frustration. That's really funny. My husband, same thing. And we will be out somewhere and I'm like, stop doing that with your face. <laughs> People know what you're thinking. And he's like, I can't help it. Yes, you can. Just stop it. Keep it inside. Don't show us on the outside. Sometimes you do want people to know what you're thinking then, but you know, in, in moments. Well, then if that's the case. But sometimes you don't. Well, so. Right. But if you seriously want someone to know something, then you need to be direct about it instead of, you know, here's my passive eye roll to you. You know, I'm going to say, oh, wow, you're an idiot or whatever it is. Um, but I think the core of any relationship is being able to communicate on a very mature uh, level so that 
all parties understand what you're saying or what you're thinking, and it's our responsibility to step up and be accurate in what we're doing. So at the core of all relationships is the ability to communicate in, in a mature way that we understand, or at least we try to understand our partner or the person that we're having this relationship with. And I think what you just said there in that moment, try to understand. Because if both parties are trying, you do finally reach a moment where you're like, oh, I get it now. If one person shuts down or decides not to listen, then there is no communication and it just stops and it's unhealthy and it just leads to really bad places. Right. Well, let's, before we get even farther into this, let's talk about the different ways or, and the different forms of communicating, because that's really important too. We're all stuck in ourselves and like, oh, they're not listening to me. They're not hearing what I'm saying. But are we actually taking the time to, as you just said, try to hear them in the way that they're communicating? So, all right, a few different ways that people communicate. We mentioned this earlier, verbally, right? Some people need to be face-to-face. Other people can just be on the phone, but they need that verbal talking it out, right? Absolutely. That's me. Um, And you know that about me. Um, Because there's so much gray area when things are written. And depending on your mood, when you read something, it definitely influences how you take it in. And that's why I like when there's a, a big subject. doesn't have to be everything. But when there's a bigger subject that... Verbal communication for me is a huge thing. Right. But the way that you just said that was, uh, depends on how, what kind of a day you had. Absolutely. And how you, but no, Michael, it's, it depends on what kind of day Michael had and how that's what I'm, Michael that's what I'm, is. That's what, that's when I said the kind of day you had, I was referring <laughs> Not you, to you have to me. say me. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so if, communicate if, if correctly. I, right. No. Okay. If, if yeah. I, if I read something. Yes. And I've had a shit day. I'm going to perceive it very differently than what may have been intended. So it is partially on me to step back and go, I need to read this again later. Because that's part of my responsibility in communicating. Right. Um, but again, some, you know, it, it, it is where we sit in any given moment how a written word is perceived. Right. So, which I understand, and you have said that to me, where you're like, I need to be face-to-face to discuss something, which is why I've, being the mature, communicating gay male that I am, great, let's meet then, we'll have coffee, we will discuss this face-to-face, because that's what you need. Is that my way of communicating? No. No. I'm more of that, like, you know what, here's my text, point, 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 and let's move on, right? But, again, we're, we're talking about how to have these mature relationships and communicate, and it's really taking responsibility for ourselves, but then also totally. giving the other person the room that they need to communicate in that way. Because right? one of the things I've learned about you through this process of doing this... Is that I'm um, an because- asshole because I've known you for a long time. Um, but we're learning to communicate differently because you do like your short lists and you yeah. do like ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. And 
There are times where that's great for me, but then there are times if I have more questions or I need something else addressed is when I have to step up and let you know that I need a little bit more in this particular situation, that it's a 50-50. Right. um, You know, and sometimes you may go, I don't feel like there's anything else to talk about. And then we could figure out where we go from that moment. But it is, listen, giving 100%, and participating equally, I think is the best way to have communication work. Right. However, I mean, we can't be so adamant in our own way because yes, verbally, that's the way you want to do it. A lot of people only want to communicate written. Um, Mostly people in younger generations than us, millennials hate talking on the phone, Gen X's, Gen Z's would... mm, prefer to be texting. So if we're going to be dealing with people of that age, then we have to adapt adapt ourselves. And, you know, do you find that in your everyday life? Well, as you know, I have a large circle of friends groups, and a lot of them are younger. And it's what's interesting is about what you just said, because it sort of goes against that grain, where, again, both people, if you communicate well, understand each other. And sometimes we'll realize, like I have a friend of mine who's 30 and we'll be texting something and all of a sudden he'll say, I'm going to call you because he realizes in that moment, it's going to work better for me. And then there are times where we're texting and it's not even an issue. So to me, we have a great relationship in regard to communicating and what each of us need in any given moment. And I did get him to stop texting just the letter K because that's not a word. (laughs) And that's me more busting his chops. I'm like, it's four, it's only three more letters to spell okay. So, um, so from this moment forward, I am typing K. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, besides the verbal communicating, another form is written. So that's not only just texting, but other people really prefer emails. And again, younger generations dislike that whole emailing thing. Um, I love it. I like to get everything in there. It's just who I am. Uh, And if you don't, you know, if people don't like that about me, well, then they're going to have to let me know that so I can change that. But then, as I mentioned earlier, there is also that nonverbal or a visual communication. In our community, there's, as we all know, GADAR, right? Which is incredibly nonverbal, but it is a form of communicating where you can look at someone. Yep, they're part of my team here. Um, And then you can say so much just through a look. Uh, At least I find that. Oh, absolutely. And uh, my GADAR has been really good since I was a kid, actually, before I came out. Um, I can remember watching Macmillan and Wife and looking at Rock Hudson and going, ooh, that man's gay. Um, <laughs> yet I, it's just such a weird thing that I've always had. Um, but, you know, if you're out in a boot in public and, you know, you see somebody, you, there, there is that verbal communi- um, nonverbal communication in a look where you're like, oh, hey, bro. And, you know, yeah. just know their family. Right. Which is a really cool thing that I, I, I'm assuming other communities experience too in that just knowing that you know you're you're in the presence of a family member well like i said every 
every human subset has that shortcut and shortcut can be view- verbal, but it can also be this visual thing. Right. So yeah, you know, where you look at each other and you go like, yeah, hey, we're part of the same tribe. We're part of the same crowd. But also in the world of just human, uh, a smile is a nonverbal communicate form of communication and or you know a frown or when you look at someone questioning you're in a restaurant and you give that look over to the waiter that you need something that's all communicating right um those of you who are in relationships like i this long-term relationship uh, a great form of communication is the silent treatment <laughs> you know i'm, I'm gonna uh, i gotta push back on that because i mean i right. know you're joking the no, silent, I'm not. The silent, the, oh, the silent treatment isn't actually communicating. It is communicating. Is it though? It's hugely communicating. Is it not passive aggressive? It's still a form of communication, whether it be <laughs> passive aggressive or not. Unhealthy. I'm well, sorry. It's so, not always unhealthy. Passive aggressiveness is not healthy. I'm, but sometimes the silent treatment is. It's like, no, I'm not answering that question. You've asked me that 5,000 times. Okay, we're going to move on. (laughs) Okay. But here's something else that uh, people in relationships might know. And this is telling a little bit more about myself. There are moments when I am so angry at my husband or he has done something that he needs to be punished for. When we'll be like watching television or, or whatever, and I am doing such an amazing Meryl Streep Academy Award winning silent treatment with pouting and frowning. And like 20 minutes into it, I realize he doesn't even know I'm doing this. Like I have just wasted all of that amazing acting. Or as somebody who, like your husband, has been, because I have had relationships, years long relationships, and does he not know you're doing it and is no, just ignoring you? No. Because let me tell you, as someone who has sat on the other side of that passive aggressiveness, I take joy in ignoring it. It, it makes me happy okay. on the inside because, wow. I, you know, eventually you're going to have to address it. And I'm not going to because it's your issue because you're the one being passive aggressive. So eventually you're going to have to somebody's going to have to come to me and say, can we talk? And then I'm like, let's do it. I'm open-armed. Let's have a conversation. But passive-aggressive does not work for me. Okay, I'm someone has taken quite the angry pill today. No, I took a Claritin. <laughs> 24. Oh. So okay. I'm like up here, you know. But no, it's, it's serious. as Because um, passive-aggressiveness really is, is, is a button for me. Okay. But Michael, not every silent treatment is passive aggressive. Not every, uh, you know, sometimes I just need to be like, no, we're not going to talk about this. That's not being passive aggressive. Oh, that I get. Yeah. Just not going to be, I don't want to fight about something. Let's just, we're not going to do this. Because I've said that a thousand times to people too. It's like, I'm not in a place to talk about this like right now but I want to listen. So why don't we come back to this when we're both in a place where we can do that? Okay, good. So that, that'll take us into this, the different, like those are the different forms of communicating, but then there's different types of communicators. And you, it seems, are a very direct communicator, yes. right? That you want everything right here in the front, black and white communicating. There are passive communicators 
And that's the way that they do that. Uh, there are people who uh, use humor to communicate in all different levels, whether it be something negative or bad or whatever, they're always using their humor. There is a communication technique that I dislike, and that is the victimized oh, uh, okay. communicator. Totally. Um, right? But, as we saw with your Claritin-induced <laughs> anger careful, about passive-aggressive <laughs> communicators, just because you're a direct communicator doesn't mean that the other person is wrong. Because oh, they're probably... absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So that's but when I, I, you have to come together, right? Yes. But I, I have to just say that this is not who I always was. I spent the first two decades of my life not having a voice just because of my home environment and the way I was raised. I spent the next decade trying to find one. And then this life-changing relationship that I had provided me with that because it showed me everything in my life that I needed to work on and to get to a point where I'm able to say, this isn't acceptable. So I realize other people aren't in that place and I do give them that space. Because like I said, I will say to somebody, let's curb this until we're both able to have the conversation because I want to hear somebody equally as much as I want to be heard. And I think that that's, for me, the key to healthy communication. Okay, good. It is. Um, but you just have to make sure that you are not, you know, self-righteous in you yes yeah. in your because this is the way i want to be i'm direct and i want to meet face to face and whatever if that other person can't do that and you do want to have some sort of relationship whatever it is even if it's just a casual something you have to in order to really have a mature relationship a mature communication you have to kind of step pull back and and allow you guys to come together without right? a doubt and do you remember yeah. one of the first things i said to you when we started this journey on this podcast something um, about how fantastic i am i no, sure. definitely was not that i'm <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> talking um, to my family here what because we were learning a new way to communicate outside of our friendship this is sure. a whole nother level that i said to you and again this is me owning my shit I realize I can be extra. And so if there's ever a moment where you need me to pull back, all you got to do is say, oh, let's <laughs> take a step back, buddy. Oh, Wilbur. Wilbur. <laughs> yeah, because I am, I know that, you know, once I get on a roll, it's, um, it's, it's a, you know, it's a steamroller sometimes, right. um, which is why I say that to people who I am entering a new phase with or a relationship or anything is like, I know I'm extra there. I, I own that, but it took me a long time to get here. And sometimes it does get a little big and I have no problem with somebody saying to me, Wilbur, slow down. <laughs> um, it's I'm good with that. So, um, yeah, I, it, 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 okay. it, again, we go back to the, it had, there has to be, you both have to be on equal ground. And right. granted, there are times where you're not going to be. Um, and hopefully the other person who realizes the other person is being a little extra is able to say, rein it in a little bit and let's 
level this off, right? Isn't that part of communicating as well? Is letting is. somebody else know that you may be out of line in this moment. It is, however, um, I'm going to jump a little bit here because the next thing I wanted to talk to about is how how can you communicate health uh, in a healthy way? And one of the most important parts of um, communicating in a healthy, mature way is total self-awareness, which you are saying that, yes, I know I'm extra, but then you put it over onto the other person saying, so you have to, like, if you see that, you've got to tell me that. Well, maybe they aren't able to do that. So it's totally in this, you know, in your self-awareness, you've got to be able to pull yourself back if you can, right? Oh, and, yeah. the, and therein lies, because nobody is self-aware 100% of the time. Right. They're just not. Right. And to communicate to somebody else who you care about and are attempting to build a relationship with, whether it's friendship or dating or any other arena, even family, to be able to say, I know in a moment of my crazy that sometimes I'm not able to curb something. And I am going to rely on you as someone who claims to care about me to just say, take a breath. Because again, that's part of communication. Oh, yeah. And definitely. I'm also capable of saying that to somebody else. If I think somebody is out of line or says something to me that needs further explanation, to try and do it in a way that they'll understand because of the way they communicate. Great. Yeah. That's the, that's the so, key. Yeah. No, you know, I, um, I got to just, in, there's this one thing that I have to relay because it has followed me through my life that Mel Brooks said in regard to his relationship with Anne Bancroft and how they made it last through all of these years in a city like Hollywood. And he said, we made an agreement that neither one of us, or that we both can't be crazy at the same time. That in any given moment, someone's crazy is a little bigger than the other person. And we have to rely on each other to level that off. And I have used that as a guideline for me for probably the last 20 to 30 years. Because when he said this, I was like, that is the most intelligent and rational thing I've ever heard out of a human being's mouth. Well, I think I, having been in a really long relationship, I think not, not that we went into it saying that, but I think what has kept us together this long is we too. And I think most couples who have been together for a long time do see that. It's like, oh, this is his moment. I'm pulling back here. Let him, you know, do whatever he's going to do here. I, you know, we can't, the two of us can't at the same time. So I right. think couples understand that. But let me ask you, um, what about in the beginning of a relationship and you're, you're out there dating when you first meet someone that must be hard to just kind of like wade through like, Ooh, how are they communicating with me? How am I, how are they perceiving me? You know, it, that must be difficult, correct? Um, it used to be, yes. um, it's still a challenge. I don't necessarily think it's as difficult for me as it used to be. Because again, you know me, I'm fairly straightforward in most situations. And it's odd that the, I just, something just dawned on me, the amount of time that I've known you, 
you've never seen me in a relationship. So right. that's a side of me you don't know. Like our friend Joe, um, who I've known for 30 some years, um, he's seen that. And other people who are in my life have seen that. I am an incredibly giving and loving person and would throw myself in front of a bus for somebody. So that's an aspect of me you, you've never seen. So I, I can totally understand how you would think that, why you asked that question. Well, no, I asked that question as well, because as everybody who has listened to us, or if they don't know, we're, my husband and I have moved to this new city and we are out there trying to find new friends. But it, it's the same thing with just a friend. You have to figure out, oh, how does this communication work right. just on a friend level? Because not everybody is direct. Not everybody is passive. Not everybody is, you know, whatever. You have to kind of wade through that and find out, oh, this is what's working for them. Are they going to perceive what's working for me? And that's just on the friend level. So that's why I'm asking in a dating and, and looking for that further step of a relationship, I would think that it's even harder. But that's just me. Yeah, I, I, for me, it, it isn't. Because again, I sort of have lived this way for a while now. And I make it clear to somebody, um, sort of right off the bat, which, I, which, you know, may scare some people sometimes, but I'm like, just be honest with me. Be straightforward. Don't play games. And, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, but the moment someone sort of betrays that, or if you lie to me once, you don't get a second chance anymore. Especially if it's, you know, I've learned that if somebody's lying about small things, they're going to lie about big things. Um, so I, I communicate that very early because that was that relationship I was referring to earlier, um, where that trust was undermined very early. And we went to couples counseling um, and tried to work through it. And oddly enough, talk about someone not being able to listen. Um, it wasn't because there was infidelity in regard to this too. It wasn't the infidelity that was the issue for me. Um, cause he said to me once, well, why can't you just get over it? And I'm like, I'm over that. What I'm not over is the fact that you lied to me. And the fact that you're incapable of understanding that is why the relationship isn't working. So, okay. Um, so noted, yeah. never lie to Michael, yeah. which I, I just want to bring up that when I said I loved your cargo shorts, I wasn't lying. I, I really meant it. You're so full of crap. I know. So, <laughs> all right. So let's talk, what are the most important things to remember in communicating, whether it be with a friend or if you're trying to further this into a relationship of any sort? Um, the number one most important thing in healthy communication, you've mentioned it a number of times, is being able to listen. Unbelievably, one of the most important things. There is nothing worse than talking to somebody and you just see them waiting for their chance to say their tell their story tell whatever they want and you're like i'm sorry are you not even hearing me right nothing worse than that and i know i've seen this as well um especially out amongst some of the men our age in the gay world where 
if you're out in an establishment and they're you're talking to them and they're watching who's coming in oh, next. Yeah. yeah, no, we're going to just move on from that. Yeah, person. it's like if you're waiting for the next bus, don't let me hold you up. Go catch it. It's kind of how I feel. And I yeah. feel like, hey, you can't see the limo that's standing right in front of you and you're looking for a bus. Well, I, d- I don't have that kind of security that you have no. in regard to that. <laughs> yeah. um, I have it in other areas. And one of them is like, honey, go catch the bus. Because, okay. you know, there are certain things that I do have as qualities. Right. Um, that and none of them are physically something I would like. It's not me. I, I, I yeah, I don't see myself. Okay. <laughs> Physically so, yeah. in a very positive light, but I see myself emotionally and mentally in a very positive light. So it's like, catch the bus, dude. Don't let me right. hold you up. So listening, making sure that you're actually hearing what that person is saying, registering what they're saying, and not just planning your next sentence. Number two of really importance in having a mature relationship through communicating is being able to take responsibility for your actions and not putting it off on somebody else or saying, you know, you're wrong because this is the way I do things. Well, no, you have to take responsibility. And yeah, I, was, I was just going to add to that to be able to say, I'm sorry. And I was wrong. Right. Which probably is probably two of the most important phrases anybody could ever utter. Okay. I, I would agree with a lot of that. Um, which takes us to our next most important thing in communicating maturely is personal accountability, which is, oh, I was wrong with that. You know, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. You need me to communicate with you face to face. So you know what, Michael? Yeah, I'll meet you for coffee and we'll talk about this because I am listening to what you're saying. I'm kind of bending how I feel. So yeah. Um, and then mutual respect is a huge thing, um, not only in every level of relationship, but especially in a communicating uh, form, right? You have to be able to hear what they're saying and respect what they say, no matter how it, it affects you or how you uh, may communicate. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, it does. Like, it's basically, let, let me curb my shit right now so I could try to understand what it is they're trying to tell me. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, And to do that without being defensive, I think, is also a huge... That is a tough one for a lot of people, because that's where they immediately go, I'm going to be defensive about this, you're wrong, I'm right, I don't care, and then they shut down. Well, that is a humongous red red flag for any sort of relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship or even a friendship or a, a business relationship. If they are so defensive and shut down and you're, you're wrong, I'm right, it's time to move on, right? Um, and then, like I said, the, the last and really a very important part of communicating is in being self-aware. And, and it's self-aware of this is what I need, self-aware of this is what you need, um, and, and not assuming you said that really early when we were talking, when you assume, especially in a text that this is what they mean. And then you get all pissed off and you're like, yep. no, I didn't mean green. I meant yellow. Like, why, why did you take green? Like, if you don't know, what should you do, Michael? Ask, Ask. right? 
an and ask. It, so it's maybe this is one of my issues with the the writing or the text when it's in regard to uh, something that probably should be discussed. Not always, but writing is a monologue. Conversation is not. It is a dialogue, and you know one has to remember when they're writing something that there's going to be a whole other side to that. Um, so. If that is the way you communicate and you prefer to communicate through writing, I think opening the door a little bit and realizing that there might be something on the other side of that is not necessarily a bad quality. But don't you think the person reading has to do that as well? Absolutely. And think, oh, I'm reading it as this person is saying a monologue. In fact, maybe they read it or wrote it as a dialogue. So maybe I should read it differently. Um, well, and again, that's why you respond and ask a question. I don't get what this means. Could you explain it to me? And then hopefully it will be explained because right. that creates a dialogue. Perfect. And that's what this is all about, a dialogue, whether we're speaking, whether we're writing, whether we're just giving looks, it's all a dialogue between two people. And we all have a preferred way of that communication, of that style. We all have our strengths and our weaknesses, and we have to, you know, verbally let people know that or accept that in other people in order to really move forward. Um, Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. And, you know, how this all started was, shouldn't we at this age be really good at this? No. no. Nope. <laughs> it's, it's, life is not easy. No. Communicating is not easy. It's, it's a constant, it's constant work. And, and if every time you meet a new person, it's going to start all over because that person communicates differently. And if it's worth moving forward, the two of you have to come together and learn how to communicate together. And you know who Uta Hagen is, right? She, I know, do. I, yeah. I, I went to her school and was just, I still feel so blessed for that experience. Um, it's the, life is the proverbial onion, just like character study is the proverbial onion. There's always something else underneath to learn about both you, the world, who you are, who you think you are, and who you want to become. And to me, those are the keys and, and the best direction to take when it comes to communicating with another human being, because we are all different. Right. We are all different. And I am not right. And my way is not right. And I can't, you know, not see you for who you are. So, yes, we all have these different layers, but make sure that you, that you look for the other person's layers and not be so adamant that your your way is the only way one way to communicate is non-verbally through a look and it's time there it is <laughs> ladies and gentlemen michael is giving us the savage mm. side eye mm. and a little head tilt to go with it so ladies and gentlemen it is time for the Savage Side-Eye, the moment where Michael is going to throw a little shade on someone or something, I'm not sure what it is this week, who is bugging the crap out of him. So, Michael, who is it? 
So this is someone who our generation is probably very familiar with, um, Paul Stanley, you know, the dude from the oh. rock group Kiss. Kiss, yeah, sure. Well, he decided to crawl out from under his rock to tell parents of trans kids, and this is a quote, that they're encouraging a dangerous fad by supporting their trans children. Um, and I have two words for this dude who used to dress up in drag for a living. Fuck you and fuck anyone out there who feels that they have the right to tell another parent how they should raise their children. And also, fuck you, because you don't know our hearts. And by our, I mean us folks in the LGBT community. And you don't know our minds, and you never will. And the reason you never will is because you choose not to listen. Period. End of sentence. And I also have two words. I'm going to get emotional. Because <laughs> um, it's something we never had. Um, for all of the parents out there, sorry, who do support and love their LGBTQ children unconditionally. And those two words are thank you. Because they're the real rock stars. Sweet. And sorry. No, but, it's great. And it and it really ties into everything we're talking about. Like you said to him, they're not listening to these people. Um, but the parents that are there to support, they are the ones who have listened from the very moment. They hear what their children have to say. They are communicating in the right ways. And so, we are from a generation who did not have that. No, right. Of course and to not. I think these kids today do. It just, it fills my heart and angers me to no end that there are people out there like fucking Paul Stanley who are telling them they're doing the wrong thing. Right. Well, great. Thank you very much for that, Michael. And for all of our gay men over 50 out there, I hope you are all listening and talking and communicating in all the ways that make you a better person, but also the person you're talking to and listening to, supporting them in the way that they need to be communicated to as well. Um, this was great. So hopefully next week when Michael and I meet for coffee and I ask him, all right, who are you dating? What's happening? Um, he'll be like, oh, I am communicating so great. We're so happy. We're getting so married next week. No, I don't know. Whatever it is. I just hope uh, all of you out there really take a moment and, and note how you're communicating with people and make sure that you're listening and that you're giving them the space and the, the communicating tools that they need as well. So great. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for uh, taking me through this communicating day. Thank you. It's been awesome. And I hope... Uh, and for anybody out there who wants to get a hold of us and share stories or have ideas that you'd want to hear us talk about, feel free to contact us. Um, we are all across social media at the moniker No Two Gays About It. That's the number two. Um, and you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on TikTok, and if you want to Gmail us, send us a mail, uh, send us an email at no2gaysaboutit at gmail.com. 
And we are on YouTube. Please find us out on YouTube. We have our own channel, which is No Two Gays About It. And like Michael said, it's No The Number Two Gays About It. Um, subscribe to our channel, like us, hit notify. So every time that our fantastically handsome faces show up on YouTube, you will be notified so you can watch us. Um, it's a real treat, believe me. <laughs> Is it though? No, it's not at all. <laughs> but you can watch us and judge us all. But watch want. us. That's it. Watch us and judge us anyway. Um, exactly. And click like. It's you know. It's a little finger roll away. So. And speaking of finger rolls, here comes my eye roll, Michael. This has been lovely. Until next time. Until next time. Thank you, Tom, and thank, thank you guys for you. listening. <laughs>